0: The reading for the day comes from Luke 2, 1 through 20. In those days, Caesar Augustus declared that everyone throughout the empire should be enrolled in the tax lists. This first enrollment occurred when Quirinius governed Syria. Everyone went to their own cities to be enrolled. Since Joseph belonged to David's house and the family line, he went up from the city of Nazareth in Galilee to David's city called Bethlehem in Judea. He went to be enrolled together with Mary, who were promised to him in marriage and who was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for Mary to have her baby. She gave birth to her firstborn child, a son, wrapped him snugly and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the guest room. Nearby, shepherds were living in the fields, guarding their sheep at night. The Lord's angel stood before them. The Lord's glory shone around them, and they were terrified. The angel said, Don't be afraid. Look, I bring good news to you, wonderful, joyous news for all people. Your Savior is born today in David's city. He is Christ the Lord. This is a sign for you. You will find a newborn baby wrapped snugly and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great assembly of the heavenly forces was with the angel, praising God. They said, Glory to God in heaven and on earth, peace among those whom he favors. When the angels returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go right now to Bethlehem and see what's happening. Let's confirm what the Lord has revealed to us. They went quickly and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. When they saw this, they reported what they had been told about this child. Everyone who heard it was amazed at what the shepherds told them. Mary committed these things to memory and considered them carefully. The shepherds returned home, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. Everything happened just as they had been told.
1: Merry Christmas everyone my name is Jonah my pronouns are they then theirs and I'm one of your pastors here at Zao MKE Church and you know what we made it we made it to Christmas Eve we've been preparing our hearts for this whole season of Advent as a church community and in many ways we have been preparing all of 2020 for Jesus to come and bring miracles and all of our lives And in fact, Christmas Eve is a celebration of the God who is already and not yet with us, the God who is with us and is coming on their way, bringing a new kind of kingdom, bringing the earth into a new kind of life. And so we celebrate this Christmas Eve and we light candles and we sing music and we are together. And this year, we have to find out how to be together in very different ways. We've had several months of practice, and so at Zao, I hope y'all are commenting in the comment section, and I know that folks are active in the squad page sharing what they're up to for Christmas, but it is different, and that feels hard sometimes. What is it like when the God who is with us is with us in new and different ways? What does it mean when we have to be with one another in different ways that feel more distant and separate. But this is what it means to be church, to find one another in the spirit of the promise of God, the God who comes to be with us, God Emmanuel. We have been preparing by talking about the women who prepared the way for Jesus. And last week when we were talking about Mary, we spent some time reflecting on incarnation. What it means for the God incarnate, which is from the Latin root carne, which means flesh or even meat. What it means to have God come be with us, not only by being a spirit among us, around us, but also by taking on flesh. You see, our tradition, Christianity, has a sinful history of denigrating the body Of thinking that the body is less than, of sort of separating that we are body on the one hand and soul or spirit on the other, and that God only values our soul or our spirit. But actually, in our deepest traditions, the very words for soul and spirit are bound with flesh in the Hebrew language, that to be spiritual means to be embodied. And the design of creation from God's hand is embodied. God didn't design a creation full of merely spirits, but of dirt and blood and rain clouds and sunshine, of things that grow and wither and die and grow again. And this body that is earth is home to our bodies. And together we have a living flesh that is created and blessed by God, called good, and in the case of human beings, very good. And in the incarnation, God chose flesh, not just for us, but for God's self. We forget this when we curse the flesh, when we say that we want to be more spiritual or more soulful in a way that is supposed to take us away from our bodies. We remember at Christmas time that God chose to be spiritual and soulful by coming more deeply into the flesh, by taking on a human body. Because Jesus Emmanuel, the very name, means God with us. God has always been with us this breath, this spirit. In our creation stories, there is an understanding of God's spirit with us in these more ethereal and visceral ways. God creates humanity from the dust, from the clay, shapes us into being, and breathes God's life breath into us with a kiss. Ruach, the spirit of God, who is with us, who animates us, who gives us life, but is somewhat intangible. God, Spirit, has always been with us. And we know from the scriptures that Jesus has always been with us also. Jesus was in the beginning with God, and Jesus was God. And Jesus took on flesh in the time that we celebrate at Christmas. So why? Why would God do this? And what is at stake when God takes on a human body well, we know that part of being human, in enfleshed, part of having a body and walking life on this earth is about suffering. God does take on suffering. And that's one of the things that we talk about when we talk about God in the body, in the flesh, Jesus who came, who suffered and died. That's true. And it's a powerful part of the incarnation for me, the cross, that God would want to be with us so badly that even facing torment and death, God would still choose to be with us. There is nothing that God would not take on to be close to you. And that is the beauty of the incarnation as it relates to suffering, that God is willing to suffer in a human body, if only to be close to you. But what about the joys of incarnation? What else does God get from taking on a human body? It's not all suffering and torment and death. In fact, most of it is life in these mundane and beautiful ways, the joys of living an embodied, fleshed life. God took on flesh not only because God was willing to sacrifice, but also because it was worth it, worth it to sacrifice, to be with us, but to be with us in a very particular way, to be with us in a body, to be with us in a kind of closeness that we may have a special appreciation for right now as we must be with one another virtually. That God said for this moment, for this lifetime, I need to be with you in a different kind of way. God chose to be alive with us in our own flesh And this experience of taking on a body was worth the pain and rejection that came with it. Jesus teaches us by choosing us and choosing a body that the risks of love are worth it. Because there are rewards to love. That there are rewards for showing up fully, for bringing one's whole self, body and all. Jesus chose a body and lived life through it. All of the things that we experience as human beings flesh, God took on and experienced with us. Jesus felt the joys of growing in a body. Jesus learned to crawl and then walk, learned to babble and then speak. Jesus went through the awkwardness of puberty the pain of growth spurts, because the power of becoming oneself is beautiful and holy and worth it. That is something that God knew going in and took on because the experience was worth having. Jesus, when he preaches, talks about thirst and hunger like someone who lives in the desert and knows what it is like to thirst and hunger. But he also talks of the banquet feast like someone who has had fine wine at a wedding and partied with his friends for a week on end, celebrating the love of two people. He talks about being fed like one who dines at dinner parties with his beloved, who asked us to remember him not primarily by the cross, but by the meal that nourishes, that nourished his body because he ate that bread and drank that wine too. That caring for his body was something he treasured and shared. We know that Jesus would have come down to die on the cross for any one of us. That is central to what we believe as followers of Jesus, that God loves each and every one of us so much that God would have done any of it all over again including dying on the cross just for you or for me? If we can believe that, can we also believe that Jesus would have come down just to feel Mary's heartbeat in her chest as she held Jesus the infant in her arms that first night? That Jesus would come down into earth, take on a body if only to hear Joseph's voice with his own ears. The scriptures tell us that when he was teaching as an adult, people brought their children from elsewhere to be blessed by Jesus. They wanted him to lay hands on them and bless them, and his disciples told them off. Turned them away, and Jesus got mad at them. One of the translations we have in English actually uses the word indignant. Jesus was so mad. And that famous line that comes from this exchange, let the little children come to me, it ends with a verse saying, and he took the children into his arms, and he placed hands on them and blessed them. Is that not reason enough for God to take on a body and suffer the cross so that Jesus could be with us in a truly embodied way, could hold his children and love them in a totally different way, a hand on their back, being able to be with, holding, loving, embracing The embodied experience is one of vulnerability, especially early on in our lives, at infancy. But we know that closeness requires vulnerability. Jesus walked on water one day. He calmed the storms. We see Jesus in the fullness of his power And sometimes, if we're looking closely enough, we can see Jesus, the vulnerable, hanging on the cross. But Jesus, the vulnerable infant, is not only miraculous because it's strange and out of line with what we think of when we think of power. Jesus, the vulnerable infant, is prepared for a kind of closeness that only an infant knows. Jesus was born out of another human being's body. And though I have spoken about the pain and danger of birth, like everything God does, birth is this paradox of risk and reward, of pain and pleasure. The violence of birth gives way to the gentleness of a newborn child held in the arms of a parent. Mary adored Jesus, Jesus the infant, vulnerable in a kind of way that created a closeness that nothing else could. The scriptures say that Mary gave birth to her firstborn child, a son, and wrapped him snugly and laid him in a manger. These are notable words. We don't often get details like that. Again, when the announcement comes from the angels to the shepherds, they say, this is a sign for you. You will find a newborn baby wrapped snugly and lying in a manger. And at this, the angels praise God. Yes, Christ the King is coming. But another thing that is worth praise is a newborn Swaddled, snug, held with love and care and affection. Swaddling is an ancient practice, wrapping cloth around a newborn infant. In our scriptures, it appears first in Ezekiel, which is quite an old text. It comes up when there's a metaphor about Israel actually not being swaddled, not being cared for as a newborn. It's a metaphor for abandonment. But not this baby, not Jesus Jesus the Christ God among us is cared for in these intimate ways human beings attend to him Mary and Joseph attend to him by wrapping him snug as a bug in a rug and that's what the scriptures tell us and want us to know that Jesus was loved and held swaddled for his own warmth and comfort and security God came to be with us, to love us in truly intimate ways. And she made herself vulnerable in order to do so. And part of the miracle of that is that it gives us the chance to truly love God back, to offer a kind of love to Jesus, the vulnerable infant, that we never could if we didn't encounter our God in such a vulnerable way. But Jesus does come into this earth covered in gross afterbirth, covered in beautiful, miraculous sweat and tears of those around him, brought close, feeling the heartbeat of those who are to care for him, to protect him, to protect Jesus, who is God, At the birth, we are invited to have a kind of reciprocal relationship with our God who loves us, who protects us, who is kind to us, who adores us. We are called into a kind of closeness to shower our God with affection the way that we do with newborn babies. God wants our worship, but not because God is vain or insecure. But worship is just a word we have for our expression of affection, of love. Our God is not a God over, but a God with. And a God with, who offers us such limitless love, desires our love to be given in return, and gives us that opportunity by coming to be with us in these incredibly intimate ways. We are made in the image of the God who loves, the God who cherishes our love. God came to earth as Jesus to be with the little children, to hold the little children, but also to be held. This is the paradox of the powerful, vulnerable God with us, the infant king, the baby Messiah, Jesus came to love us and receive our love. Jesus came to adore us. Now come, let us adore him. This Christmas, as we prepare ourselves for the miraculous power of God to break loose in this world at any and every moment, let us also prepare to pour out our love and affection to the God who makes themselves vulnerable and prepares to receive whatever love and affection we have to give. And God puts God's self at our mercy to be held in our arms, just as we are held in God's. Will you pray with me? God of all creation, we praise you for your wild and infinite ways. And we praise you for your soft and intimate ways. God, we pray that you would give us the joy of knowing you at every aspect, of showering you with our love, of adoring you with a fraction of the love that you adore us with. God, be with us this Christmas. Help us to see the ways that we can love and adore you, Help us to appreciate the reciprocity you are inviting us into. And help us find joy in your merely being with us. Amen.